Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame President Ted Menzies. Also, Scott McQueen, President of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, will stop by the program. And up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture. He'll talk about crop disease issues, the latest farm news and market numbers, all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about crop disease issues. Well, I guess, Corey, there's one thing that might have been eye-catching to some producers, and that is bacterial blight in oats. Last week at our diagnostic sample, I had uh, one of the company folks bring me a sample of oats. The variety was Camden. don't think that's important. But uh, it was really infected with bacterial blight from bottom to near the top. And bacterial blights are favored by um, periods of frequent rainfall, uh, water splashing, and that gets the uh, bacteria moving up the plant. The unfortunate thing is that any of our uh, control products generally used against fungi don't work against uh, bacteria. So a producer might have used a fungicide, been disappointed at the results, and that's how they find out it was bacterial blight, not something else. How is that treated? It's not. I think at this point you have to um, just accept it. Um, It probably will not be as... uh, as much of an impact as the fungal diseases because um, generally hot, dry conditions, especially in the upper part of the canopy, the upper leaves, they don't get infected as much. And it is the flag leaf and the glooms and the stem in the top part of the canopy that provide most of the energy for filling the grain. So might have an impact on yield, maybe not. But it's there and it's eye-catching, so we want people to be aware of it. And of course, um, a tight rotation where oats figures prominently in the rotation um, that can have uh, an effect on the incidence of bacterial blight. Do you expect uh, sclerotinia to be an issue with in canola this year? Yes, I'm afraid I do. Um, conditions are favorable for sclerotinia to make a reappearance in its many forms and on several crops. In canola, it's going to be difficult um, to time fungicide sprays. I know that for the most part, uh, growers in southern Manitoba apply fungicides prophylactically. And they really have to because once you see the disease, it's, it's too late. You have to anticipate what the conditions are like at the time of early flowering when the petals first start to fall in the canopy. That's when infection can begin. And at the 20% bloom stage, if there are ascospores in the air, that's when you're going to have the most infection. I mentioned a number of crops. The other crops we're concerned with are um, sunflowers. And I talked to a producer today who said sunflowers are a pretty important part of his rotation. And uh, so he'll expect to see some problems in his crop. One of the things is that um, sunflowers can get infected in another way by sclerotinia. Their resting bodies 
when they're close to a germinating sunflower plant, they um, can cause that resting body to um, start up not as a little mushroom that produces ascospores, but growing directly into the roots and then up the stem. That's called diesel stock rot, and it can cause the plants to flop over. And then, of course, sunflower can get infected a couple of times later in the season. And finally, since we're talking about sclerotinia, we better mention the disease in particularly dry edible beans, where we refer to it as white mold. And um, there's crop where the blossoms generally stay where they're attached, so you can have a lot of pod infection, and it's quite a succulent crop, so you can have a lot of plant-to-plant spread. Anything else that, uh, you know, farmers should be um, concerned about at this point? Or Yes, Corey, I hate to be a bad news bearer, but I think we have to be pretty aware of uh, the potential for fusarium head blight infection in all of our small grain cereals. Again, last few years, we've seen very low incidence, and I know some of us may have forgotten about how much of an impact that disease can have, but the conditions are, again, favorable for infection. And um, Antibiotic Agriculture puts out a risk forecast map, which comes out daily, weekdays. That was David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture talking about crop disease issues. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Canola fields are starting to bloom. Justine Cornelson is with Brett Young Seeds. We are starting to see some fields uh, start to bloom. It's obviously been a slow start to the spring, but but things are progressing. Um, you know, we, we still do have a, um, a bulk of acres that are kind of sitting around that four to six leaf stage getting ready to bolt. Um, I imagine in the next week here, we're really going to see things start to turn yellow. And with that, we've had some high humidity and um, some heat and a lot of rain. So there's going to be a fairly large risk for sclerotinia this year. Cornelson says the risk of sclerotinia in canola is high this year. Last week, the Canadian Cattlemen's Association officially rebranded, with the organization now being known as the Canadian Cattle Association. Tyler Fulton, an officer with the CCA, says the new name better represents the group today. We're trying to be, uh, I guess, more inclusive of the whole industry. Um, Our association does not just include uh, ranchers and cow-calf operators. Um, It also includes, um, you know, backgrounders and, and feed yards all the way across the country. And not everybody um, kind of identifies um, as, as a cattleman. The new CCA logo represents key elements of importance to the organization, our country, our cattle, and our environment. And a family in southwest Saskatchewan is facing both a financial and emotional loss after they say 28 of their cattle were struck and killed when lightning hit a fence. Glenn Briere says his brother-in-law was checking on the animals Sunday morning when he found 14 cows, 13 calves, and one herd sire dead along a fence. Most of the animals that died were not insured except for the bull. The family says they do have agri-stability coverage and are hoping that will help. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, July 12th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the president of the Canadian Crop Hill Association, Scott McQueen. 
Joining us now is Scott McQueen, president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. Across the provinces, I mean, we're, we're getting sporadic storms just about daily um, with the current weather. Uh, we've got uh, hail claims in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, running right around the five-year average. Um, Manitoba, just a slightly above the five-year average in terms of numbers of claims. But uh, on the damage side, we're seeing uh, light to medium, which probably has to do with just the stage of the crop uh, at this time. Was there a certain storm that had the most impact or um, is it just kind of, uh, you know, sporadic? Um, it's a bit sporadic. I mean, the, the one, you know, probably uh, probably from the 7th, um, just just a few days ago, was, was uh, one of the more, you know, severe ones when it comes to uh, actual damage. But, I mean, we've seen uh, multiple days um, with large claim numbers. But, again, damage is, is uh, usually around that light right now. And, um, you know, in some of the areas there, how, how big was the hail? Um, so we have uh, reports of um, baseball size, but uh, for, the most por- uh, for the most part, we're seeing pea-sized hail in just about all provinces. Um, and, you know, some, some, uh, we get lots of uh, videos and lots of pictures of, you know, uh, loony size, but uh, I would say 90% of the hail has been small and around that pea size. Are there certain crops where this is having the most impact? Sort of on the more mature crops, um, you get some of your, your fall fall rye, um, winter wheat. Uh, we've seen some heavy damages of pea crops. Uh, in your cereals and canola, um, we're seeing, uh, you know, slight damage. Um, and I think that's due to late seeding in a lot of areas, especially Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Crops are young, uh, and younger crops tend to take hail damage um, a little better than, than more mature crops. Compared to other years, how would this year rank? In terms of number of claims, we're, we're sort of on a, a five-year average. Um, and in terms of damage, uh, the severity side of things, we're, we're, we're quite a bit under the five-year average. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a normal start to the year. Um, lots of activity. There's lots of moisture in the air. Um, so it's, it's been a busy start for adjusters, but, you know, nothing, nothing crazy as of yet. Any advice for farmers, you know, as they uh, scout some of these fields or...? Um, I mean, the, my best advice was, you know, get your claims in if you do have hail, regardless of, uh, of what the damage is. Um, I know some, some farmers are hesitant uh, if, if they feel the damage is light, but it's better to, uh, to get a claim in and, and have an adjuster come out and have a look just in case, um, you know, we do get over that, uh, that payable loss. That was Scott McQueen, president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. This year, the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame will welcome four new inductees. Last week, we told you about Dr. Digvir Jayas and Ashok Sarkar from Manitoba. Today, President Ted Menzies will talk about Morris Delage and Mabel Hamilton. So Mabel Hamilton was an, um, an early on innovator of promoting specific beef herds. Uh, she was raised in a ranch family just outside of, of Calgary and went on to with her husband in conjunction with her husband to promote one specific breed. And many different nominees or inductees have, have uh, worked specifically with, with one variety or, or one breed of livestock. Mabel went on from there to leadership 
in many organizations, in the Alberta Beef Producers, in the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, that promoted more than just one breed of, of beef. She also was an early advocate of promoting agriculture. And so she was one of the, uh, one of the individuals that helped bring uh, ag in the classroom to bring the promotion of where your food comes from long before it became vogue as it is today into the classroom. So young, young people actually knew where their food was coming from. So she helped uh, foster a lot of that. She was an early champion of traceability. And that follows along where did my food come from? How, how can I uh, be assured that it's been properly raised, that it's been properly stored and properly processed? So she recognized uh, many of these things, also instrumental in our major challenge that the cattle industry faced back in 2003 with the BSE, uh, where we were unable to, for some time, unable to export our livestock or our meat into other countries. So uh, a great history with uh, the livestock industry, the meat industry, uh, promoting Canadian livestock. Morris Delage. Uh, and ind- a very interesting individual, uh, very much involved in the uh, crop protection side of agriculture and the, the commercial crop protection side of agriculture. Uh, he was a leader in a number of different organizations that, um, that were represented in Canada and provide crop protection products in Canada, as well as seeds. So Morris was one of the early uh, adopters of the value of biotechnology. And so it was his vision that uh, saw the fostering of public-private plant breeding in, in not just in Canada, but his, his reach as a Canadian leader on boards around the world. So research into that actually led to the origins of the Invigor herbicide-tolerant hybrid canola, which many farmers will recognize as a game-changer. It wasn't the only variety that was herbicide-tolerant, but it was one of the leading leading uh, crops that was adopted by many, many farmers and provided a balance in uh, new agronomic practices that that we as producers of canola in Canada were actually able to benefit from. And uh, very active in his local community, uh, had uh, grew a a medium-sized farming operation into a large farming operation where his family are now involved. A leader in his field recognizing biotechnology was part of, and biotechnology is such a fundamental part of agriculture now, and uh, we would like to recognize Morris Delage for, for his early on recognition of the fact that this is a game changer in producing crops in Canada. 
That was Ted Menzies. He's the president of the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roll-In 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. The hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Call 204-343-2061 for appointments or for more information. Seeds Canada is hosting its annual meeting this week at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. The Manitoba Organic Alliance is hosting a farm tour July 15th. Visit the MOA website for details or to register. Egg in Motion takes place July 19th to the 21st. In Langham, Saskatchewan, the show runs from 8.30 until 4.30 each day. The Manitoba Stampede and Exhibition takes place July 22nd to the 24th in Morris. The Canadian Semitol Association is holding its annual meeting July 23rd in Portageville Prairie. Details at semintol.com. And the Thanks for Farming Tour is coming to Winkler Meridian Exhibition Centre July 27th and 28th. The event features innovative exhibitors and exceptional speakers, which focus on education along with the best in planting and harvest technology. Tickets are $10, and you can get them at thanksforfarmingtour.com. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Cattle Association launched its new brand identity last week. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association was officially rebranded to better include all aspects of the industry that they represent, from cow-calf producers to ranchers, backgrounders, and feedlot operators. Tyler Fulton says they also wanted to keep the CCA acronym because it still has some name recognition here at home and internationally. This is really part of, of an initiative to do a better job telling our story. And if we do that, if we're successful in passing on the great uh, conservation and climate change related outcomes from the beef sector, then we'll be more profitable in the long run and, and you know, more sustainable. The new CCA logo represents key elements of importance to the organization, our country, our cattle, and our environment. And the province's forage crops are doing great. Justine Cornelson is with Brett Young Seeds. We've really had a boom. A lot of forages, even stuff that was seeded last fall, um, this spring with all the moisture, really took off. Um, So the forage crops are really looking great. Um, lots of moisture. Hopefully this kind of looks like the week for hang. Um, I, I know lots of producers are trying to get that, that first cut off and then some areas have, um, but you know, we've, we've had moisture, so things are sort of looking good. Um, we should see much better yields this year when it, when it comes to our, our forage crops. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the July USDA WASDE report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.